Dennis, uh, well, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about herbal ointments and today you want to talk about a particular herb. I was going to say weed, but it's not a weed. <laughs> well, it probably, it probably could be referred to as a weed, Jane, but we're going to talk about chickweed. Chickweed and also its application. Of course. In skin conditions. Of course. We're going to talk about chickweed and how useful it can be. Judith from Blue Haven has rung that number. Judith, you've got cramps all over your body. Yes, I've, I've been suffering with them for... Uh, I always have cramps, but this is really, really bad. It's in my feet, in my hands, in my legs. Judith, you've had it for a long time? Yes. How long? Oh, as long as I can remember. I'm 80. Okay. <laughs> I've always okay. had cramps in the night, had to jump out of yes. bed real quick. Okay. But this is really desperate. Okay. Now, you've obviously had medical investigation for this? Yes, yes. Okay. And I've taken, I'm on magnesium, yes. which probably, uh, it's just sort of dulling the pain. I can feel it go. Well, like, so, sometimes with magnesium, you have to work towards an optimum dose. So I don't know what um, dosage would be on the preparation you have. It's got 900 milligrams. And what is the instruction on the on the label? It says to take um, one, two or three times a day. Okay. Well, if that's on the label, I would be working towards the, the upper level of the dose. Yes. Because a lot of people don't realise that with natural medications, in, including things like magnesium and calcium and other things, uh, they have an indication of benefit, but that benefit frequently uh, is overlooked because the uh, wrong dosage is being yeah. used. So push your level up to the optimum yeah. dose as a starting base. Do yeah, that well, to kick off. I, I have been taking three at least. Good. For three how long? For how long um, have you been doing well, that? Well, I got I, I ran out of tablets and and there was only one chemist that mm-hmm. sold them, but um, three days at least, and I haven't okay. been able to. Okay. I've been in bed for three days okay. well, with look, the electric blanket. Yeah, don't don't overlook the benefit of 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 magnesium and work with the higher dose for a little bit longer. But um, cramps always, in my mind, draw attention to uh, to a herb that I have worked with for the best part of my career, and the name of the herb gives the indication for its benefits. And the name of the herb is called cramp bark. Cramp. Cramp bark, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, one, one of the good things about herbal medicine is that very frequently the name of the herb gives the indication of benefit. Not always, mm. but very, very frequently that would be so. And so with reference to cramp bark, it's an American herb. It's botanically known as Viburnum opulus, and it's well documented in our professional literature. There are a number of products in the marketplace, I will not mention names, but if you go to your pharmacy or your health food store and mention the herb cramp bark, I'm sure they'll be able to locate a product on the shelf that contains that herb, may be even supported by minerals such as magnesium. So Mm -hmm. if you you haven't used cramp bark, my, my advice to you would be to use it. It's, It's not a herb that's likely to interact uh, with medication. All right. Although, if you are on multiple uh, prescription medications, you should discuss 
any interaction possibility with your pharmacist. Well, he knows I was going to talk to you. Well, there you go. Well, uh, you could. Me- he's probably listening to the program, maybe. But <laughs> maybe. M- mention Cramp Park to him. Mm. Um, I'm not aware of it interacting, and I have not had uh, too many um, patients complain of it. But look, I have many, many, many patients who okay. will who will swear to the benefit of Cramp Park okay. Viburnumopulus in treating these wretched conditions that occur in our body. Cramps are unfortunate things. Try cramp bark as well. Stay with your, with your magnesium. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, that's a, that's a start, isn't it? Yes, well, for sure. I'll be on my way. To, I'm desperate. I believe you. I believe hmm. you, Judith. And Lauren has rung that number from Madawi, and you've got a comment about um, fertility treatment, Lauren. I do. Um Hi, Dennis. Hello, Lauren. I don't know if you remember me. I used to see you when you were down at Gosford, yeah, and my husband you. and you I do. Remember, you were you were used to work for my solicitor, didn't you? That's right. I that's do right. remember you. I do remember you. <laughs> Paul and I came and saw you mm. last year for oh. we'd been having trouble falling pregnant, mm. and I took your tonic. Um, for a couple of months, and I've been meaning to ring you and let you know that we now have seven-week-old twins. Oh, is that lovely? Yes. Well, that's wonderful. You, so, you, got, yeah, a, I just wanted you to... got a double dip out of the mixture, did you? Oh, we sure <laughs> did, yes. We well, got that's a... lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that, so that, just... uh, that makes me feel really good. That, that fertility mixture that I've developed over 40 years has helped... Uh, a lot of people, as you probably realise, Lauren, and uh, I know, uh, I know a handful uh, of people yeah. personally that have that have benefited mm. from it. Oh, so. That's lovely. Well, congratulations. Uh, well done, well done, and uh, yes, look, give yourself a break from this point onwards, would you? <laughs> oh no, look, we're done now. No more, no more tonic from you, Dennis. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Okay, oh, enjoy, right. bye, enjoy bye, the bye. twins. How about um, that? And yeah. we're moving over to Greta now, and Samantha, and uh, a question about gallstones for you. Your father has them. Hello, Samantha. Oh, hi. I'm actually calling to find Mm. out how to dissolve bladder stones. It was originally a kidney stone um, Mm. and has now fallen into the bladder. In the last two years, it's actually grown 15 mil. Mm. There's a lot of differing opinions as to how to dissolve on sort of really after your advice is what's best to do there. Look, as far as I'm aware, there's nothing um, specific in our system of medicine that would say, yes, we can um, promote dissolving of stones in the bladder. However, however, it's fascinating when you read the history of herbal medicine that some of the uh, herbs, again, bear testimony to the fact that they have been used to address uh, kidney stones or bladder stones. For instance, mm-hmm. there, there is a herb called gravel root. Now, in the old days, of course, um, Kidney stones and stones in the bladder were frequently referred to as uh, as gravel. It was an old term that was used. Also, there's an English herb uh, called parsley breakstone. Botanically, it's known as parsley peart, but in English herbalism, traditionally, it's been known as parsley breakstone. <laughs> parsley breakstone. Weird names, I admit, but again, again, they indicate a tradition that's difficult to validate, um, how can you call it, from a scientific perspective, but which can be validated by the fact that prior to the advent of modern medicine, people used particularly those two herbs, along with others, as a means of seeking to void stones 
uh, from the from the kidney and particularly from the bladder. And it's interesting, and, and listeners might be fascinated with this. Very many years ago, as a young engineer working in Sydney in the, in the state office block, uh, finalising my studies in herbal medicine, it got round that I was interested in herbs. And I remember a, a, a Russian engineer who was working on the same floor that I was working on, a chap called Victor, a delightful man. I, I love Russians. They, they drink a lot, they're happy people, and they know a lot about herbs. Anyway, Victor knew that I was interested in herbs, and I got a ring from him um, one long weekend on a Monday to say that he was in Sydney Hospital and that he had collapsed at work in the state office block, was hospitalised there on Thursday, and he was still there. Uh, no one could help him. They diagnosed the fact that he had stones, what he thought was in the kidney, maybe it was in the bladder. And he said, uh, Dennis, I want you to get rid of these stones for me. And I nearly fell over black backwards. I was a practising engineer, uh, albeit uh, fascinated and using herbs myself at this stage. Anyway, he said, I said, Victor, I can't do that. I can't go into Sydney Hospital with a bottle of herbal medicine purporting to treat your, your bladder stones. I'll throw me out. He said, uh, Dennis, he said, you can do it. He said, you go down to, uh, to, to, to um, Newton's Pharmacy a well-known pharmacy in Sydney, by the way, that I frequented a lot. He said, now you get a medicine made up on some of those stone, some of those stone remedies. I said, Victor, I can't do it. He said, you do it. He said, uh, so-and-so will bring it in to me. That was a huge Russian friend of his. So I went and got the bottle of herbal medicine made up from Newton's Pharmacy, uh, made up of herbs like that, and gave it to his huge... A Russian friend who also was an engineer and a big drinker, more drunk than, than working as an engineer. And he wouldn't believe it. He took it in. He gave the medication to to Victor and almost instantaneously the stones were passed. And the embarrassing thing about it was that uh, as I would be coming down from the 22nd floor on the state office block in a full lift, lift full of men escaping the public service, Vic, if Victor was there, he would extol the virtues of herbal medicine to the whole of the lift to the extent that by the time I got out, I nearly ran with embarrassment. So there's a bit of a story which points out that, uh, controversial as it may be, there was a case where using those herbs, two of them in particular, gravel root and parsley peat, in my opinion, they helped Victor uh, to get rid of his stones, but maybe it was just the normal transit of affairs. And where can you actually buy these? Where do you get them from? Or look, any uh, any pharmacist that's got a dispensary, um, the herbal dispensary, yeah, Visionary Health would would have them. But compounding pharm compounding pharmacists up uh, up around you uh, should have them, or even in at um, in at uh, Bowen's Natural Therapy Centre in in Cessnock in Cumberland Street, they would have those herbs. They're not that difficult to get. But let me again say. No guarantees can be given for them. It's just that their names can owe to benefit that they've established over many, many centuries. So very good luck with that then, worth following up. And uh, we heard earlier from Judith from Blue Haven about cramps and now Judith from Valentine has rung in with a suggestion about cramps. Hello, Judith. Hi, Dennis. You made me laugh then. I had a good laugh about that man. It's a true story. It, it is a true story. And I, I ah. come back to the point that I love Russians. They are beautiful people right. and they are very earthy. 
they they like a drink. Uh, I think they're Russian. Oh, they're they're beautiful. They're very yeah. they're very very well versed, believe it or not, in yeah. traditional medicine. And interestingly, my Melderma honey ointment that I frequently mention is based on a Russian formula, as I have said. I got it out of a Russian text. The 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 medication was being used by the Russians on the Russian front when they were fighting in the Second World War. So I love the Russians. Well, now I can tell you about cramps. Okay. Corks. I thought you were going to say that, and when I looked, when I looked at, when I looked at, I thought, I hope this lady doesn't talk about cramps because I've got to agree with the fact that corks sometimes work. They do. They work for me. I get them in the legs, and you can buy them from those shops where they make up the beer, and and you get a mesh bag, like a, I got an onion bag or a, um, a garlic bag. Yep. Just met, and you put them in that, and yep. they work, Dennis. They really work. Look, you, you're talking to the converted, but uh, here <laughs> am I trying to defend the rational, uh, semi-scientific basis of complementary medicine, yeah, of and course. you come on and talk about I'm this. Sorry. But look, Judith, <laughs> over the years, over the years, the number of people that have contacted me on programs such as this and have said, "Look, recommend it. It does work." And when I have recommended it. People have got back on the on the phone frequently and said, "Look, I took your advice. I went to the bottle shop, <laughs> got a lot of corks, put them in a stocking, <laughs> put them in bed. I've had the best sleep ever." So I can't explain it scientifically, and it could could be all psychosomatic. But if it works, it works. It's yeah. not costing anyone anything. There's no side effects with it. Well, there's no side effects that we know of. Put it that way. Now, if that lady's got them all through her body, we'll show yeah. you a few bags in a bed. Well, that's, that's what I feel like. Bags of corks. I don't know how that would get on with, with a partner situation, though, if you've got a yeah. bag. <laughs> could be interesting. In 90, she won't need to. She wouldn't. Oh, you don't know. You don't know. We're, we're all going backwards. Vicky, you've rung in from Mount Hutton and you've got a non-healing fissure. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Hello, yes. Vicky. Um, hello, Dennis. How are you? Oh, well, indeed. Um, that's good. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm having um, quite a problem. I've, I've had a fissure since March. Anal fissure? Yes. yes. And um, I've had two lots of surgery already, oh, dear, and dear. It's, um, I've seen the specialist yes. again the other day, and it's still not healed. He oh, informs dear, me. Dear. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if you've got any suggestions. or. Mm-hmm. I um, have. I have. I think I could help you here. Um, I, the thing is that you're under a specialist and you need, therefore, to let him um, or her uh, know what you would like to do in order to ensure that it doesn't conflict with any procedure or treatment that they might be giving you. But an anal fissure is a very painful condition uh, and, and and very, very slow healing. And, uh, and I have fortunately been able to help quite a few people over the years with just a couple of suggestions. Some, right. of my, some of my best results, Vicky, have been associated with uh, the persevering with the Melderma honey ointment. Okay. Um, the, Melderma. Melderma honey ointment, which I speak about frequently, is a product that I developed, as I said earlier, uh, based on a very famous Russian formula. It has given me some of my best results because that ointment contains not only uh, medicinal honey, but it also contains a cod liver oil, which is a remarkable healing agent, and also it contains a substance called allantoin. 
A-L-L-A-N-T-O-I-N, which is a remarkable substance as far as promoting healing. So what I would be suggesting first up is a quiet perseverance with the Melderma honey ointment, which has not caused very many irritations. It's very soothing. And I'd start with that, but again, run that past your medical practitioner. The second thing, of course, is uh, you can alternate it, or if the honey ointment doesn't do well, you may try one of those favourites of English homeopaths, uh, and that is the uh, pre preparation based on calendula, or which is also called greater marigold. A very, very famous English doctor, Dr Dorothy Shepherd, remarkable woman who was also a brilliant uh, medical homeopath, uh, wrote many years ago, and she wrote a wonderful book that I pass on to listeners called The Physician's Posy. The Physician's Posy, a lovely name by Dr Dorothy Shepherd. You will not find better testimony anywhere in any reference to the healing abilities of calendula ointment, particularly where it's slow healing mm -hmm. and constantly irritated. So there are two ointments. The third one that I throw in, if all else fails, is, of course, the comfrey ointment. Now, comfrey is an old-fashioned favourite. It has a very strong component of allantoin in it and has a reputation also for this sort of condition. But I would work in that order. I would work with the honey ointment to start with and I come back to the point, mention it to your medical practitioner. I also presume that you, you, you're not constipated? Um, no, but I, um, I have to take Muvacol every day. I was going to say, be very, be, very, be very cautious of, of constipation because that can aggravate and undo a lot of good work with this. One suggestion that might be worthwhile bringing in is start to use some olive oil as a medicine in your diet. So 30 mils of olive oil daily, not castor oil, but olive oil. That, okay. that can have a very soothing effect and, and can, um, can have benefits also. Right. Could I just ask you, is the Melderma honey different to the Manuka honey? Because yes. I've actually used yeah. that and no. didn't have any luck with it. Manuka honey is Manuka honey. Don't, don't, and that's a honey. Don't compare it with the Melderma honey ointment that contains Manuka plus, 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 plus. Okay. So you're not going to get the same effect, in my opinion, using honey on a lesion like that. You need to use it in a sophisticated ointment base that has a clinical history and use behind it. Okay. And, and where, just um, quickly, where can I get these ointments? Well, you'd be um, able to get it from my rooms in New Lambton. Um, I think it'd be the only place. If you like, then uh, yeah. would you like to stay on the line and uh, we'll get Sally to give you the um, details. Um, okay, then I'll do that. Uh, All then. right, stand by. And just one moment while we... Yeah, we now take a call from Debbie, who's rung in from East Maitland. Uh, hello, Debbie. It, you've got uh, IBS, in, irritable yes. bowel syndrome, nasty. Yes, yes, it is. And yes. Debbie, what are you doing about it presently? Um, I've been to a biochemist and they put me on like a lot of medic medications and stuff and I've had a lot of investigations from doctors and stuff. See, 12 months ago I had an abundance of strawberries and I didn't know that the strawberries would cause the problems that they have because I know I had diverticulitis as well. Oh dear. Mm -hmm. And um, so what happened is I ended up um, 
not being able to pass wind and always have, whenever I eat or drink, I get this fullness in my stomach, like I need to bring up wind and okay. it won't come up, it gets caught underneath okay. my left rib. Yes. And mm. I wasn't able to go to the toilet and the pains that I was experiencing were like really bad, like I can only compare them to labour pains mm. in the bowel. Now you're presently um, being, are you being treated presently by your doctor? No, they reckon it's just all anxiety. That's, that's oh, okay, okay. Because I've got um, anxiety as uh, well. I can tell that, but this condition is enough to give you anxiety, isn't it? Yes. So look, a couple of recommendations here, and they're only recommendations, but uh, I would be starting off doing things as simple as, for instance, beginning to use some slippery elm powder. Now, that's, okay. a, that's a very safe and inexpensive uh, supplement. It's more of a food rather than a medication, but it has a remarkable soothing effect on the gut wall and works against a lot of inflammation, particularly in the large bowel where it's famously used for diverticular conditions. So you'd be able to easily get a slippery elm from your health food store or pharmacy in East yeah. Maitland. Start off with that. I'm surprised you haven't been recommended that because I always start with that. And then secondarily, there are three herbs that form the backbone of most of my treatments for IBS or similar sorts of conditions where there's colic and flatulence and abdominal distension. I mentioned the three of them and really they can be tried individually or from a compounding pharmacist or from a herbalist up there, you should be able to get a mixture made up of the three of them together. They go in this order. The first herb of major significance, in my opinion, for helping this condition is what's called German chamomile. Okay. Now, it's called Matricaria, that's its botanical name, but it goes under the name of German chamomile and it speaks for itself as probably one of the most popularly used natural medicines in Germany and the best writer on chamomile is the, the late uh, German physician and, and herbalist, Dr. Rudolf Weiss, whose textbook I have used all my life. Uh, he will convince any sceptic from his own clinical experience as a doctor and his understanding of the herb, its chemistry and benefits as to the importance of chamomile in this sort of condition. That's number one. The second herb is a herb that's equally easy to get and it's called lemon balm. And lemon balm in Weiss in his textbook is recommended for conditions such as IBS, particularly where there is an underlying anxiety condition which could just be you. And the third, the third remedy, particularly for coping with a lot of abdominal distension and some of the colicky symptoms of IBS, is the well-known peppermint. Now, those three herbs can frequently, as I've said, be placed into a mixture. They can be given the correct dosage. That in conjunction with slippery on powder, if I were in your situation, that's where I would be starting. Right. Um because they told me I've also got this thing called splenic flexure syndrome where my transverse colon goes across. Well, fancy, fancy names can be given for these things, but the reality yeah. of it is you have a set of symptoms and the symptoms yeah. you've got, in my opinion, could be helped. Maybe not, but could be helped by what I've recommended. Thanks, Debbie. Gary, thank you for waiting. You're from Bundook and you've got arthritis in your ankles due to an earlier operation. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Hello, Gary. Hey, you going, mate? Good. Gary, are you doing anything about it presently? 
Uh, I'm just taking uh, some trimming uh, at the moment yes. for it, mate. Okay. Look, I've, I was... Um, mm. yeah, on, sorry, on. mate. I was born with cup feet when I was a kid. Yes. And I had multiple operations as a kid now. I'm in my mid-50s. Yes. I find old self-rotis is hitting in. I'm getting swelling of the ankles. Okay. And, what, yeah. I'd, what I'd suggest you try uh, are preparations based on glucosamine and chondroitin. Now, the reason, the, the reason I say that is that uh, your condition is, is in many ways an osteoarthritic type condition and and yep. that that has a good, um, how can I call it, a good track record of responding to preparations incorporating glucosamine and chondroitin, which are two natural substances, a bit of controversy surrounding them, but I was so impressed with, with their possibilities that I developed my own product based on that. So what I'm going to do for you, seeing you've taken the trouble to ring in, I'm going to ensure that we send to you, free of charge, a container of my glucosaplex for you to try. It's free of charge. Yeah, yeah, sure. And see how you go yeah. with it. If it helps you, I make no promises, but many people claim it does. If it helps you, if it helps you, well, then you'll know um, that you can just pick it up and, and stay on it because um, that, to me, would be one of the most likely things. You're, you're taking the right stuff, by the way, with, with turmeric, but turmeric in my opinion, is more a symptom easer, whereas glucosaplex sort of products actually address the degenerative process and the cartilage damage associated with the condition. So we'll send you some. You, you hang on, and the, uh, my receptionist at the desk will take your name and uh, address, and we'll make sure you get, free of charge, a sample pack of glucosaplex. Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Stay on the line. And we, in the meantime, will turn to Valentine, where Kimberley is rung in from, and Lyme's disease. Hello, Kimberley. Hello. How are you? Oh, good. I've just called in because my mum has been listening to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's um, good. So I picked up Lyme's disease in the States, but mm-hmm. I know that it is also in Australia somehow, because there have been people diagnosed here as well. It's a, you would probably appreciate that uh, here in Australia it's, it's a controversial diagnosis. Yeah. Have you, are, you sympt- are you symptomatic? Do you have symptoms? I do have symptoms. Um, it's not like the original symptoms of a full-blown rash and headaches and things. I don't get them anymore, but now it's just all over stiffness and and really arthritic, um, mostly, yeah. Look, I make no claim to fame with Lyme's disease, Kimberley, because, as I have said, it's a controversial diagnosis and um, it's not a presentation that I, f- I, I frequently see, I can assure you of that. Occasionally, however, I have had people in my rooms who have said that they have had benefit from what you might refer to as immunosupportive therapy along um, natural medicine lines, and some of them have claimed that they have overcome some of the fatigue, the tiredness and the unwellness which they claim to be associated with Lyme's disease by using the well-known preparation Astragalus 8. So I would would suggest that that's worth a try. Uh, Astragalus 8 is something that I had a lot to do with, it's a, it's, a, it's a very useful product. It may not be of any benefit, but you don't need a script for it. It might just be that 
preparation that gives you a little bit more energy, a little bit more resistance, and helps you overcome the fatigue. You'll be able to get it from your health food stores at Warners Bay or around that area. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a look at that. Thanks. Why not? Thank Thanks you. for your call, Kimberly, and do hope it helps. Well, so, Dennis, um, we've look as though we've got a bit of time to talk about chickweed. Chickweed, chickweed. Most people, you know, when you talk about chickweed, Jane, think about canaries. Yes. And uh, it, chickweed has a remarkable range of, of uh, benefits. And don't overlook the incredible benefit that it has for animals and particularly birds. Listeners might be interested to know that as a young man in this town, I used to breed finches and won uh, prizes for my finches. And one of the foods that I fed my finches in those days was chickweed. And late in life, when I say late in life, um, in my 50s perhaps, I got back into finches and started breeding goulians. And I started breeding goulians in breeding cabinets. And we had cabinet after cabinet after cabinet. And you know, there were two foods that the goulians loved. One of them was eggshells, and they would jump out of cage to get that. But when they saw us coming with chickweed, they would burst into song. That's a true story. So oh, for people lovely. for people with finches, particularly those that are breeding canaries or goulians, think of chickweed. But to get back to human beings, people probably don't realise that chickweed has remarkable potential on the skin. Um, this is quite interesting, but in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which, as I've said on this program before, is really the Bible of modern herbal medicine, remarkable work uh, developed in the UK by doctors, pharmacists and herbalists coming together, 1983 edition, a copy of which I have in front of me here and from which I've lectured all my career, talks about it specifically, and I quote, as a topical application as an ointment in pruritic skin indications. What this means is chickweed, as an ointment, is remarkable for its ability to soothe itch, and itch is associated with many skin conditions, uh, eczema in particular, uh, which is one of the conditions that I suffered from and found chickweed most useful for it. It's most useful to the extent that in my naive days, myself and one of my graduate students, um, lovely lady, who had a, a little farm in, Pe in Peach, no, not Peach Orchard Road, Carrington Road, um, Narara. She had a lovely little farm there with a lot of chickweed and we used to make chickweed ointment. And as far as I'm aware, we were the first in Australia to do it. It was based on formulations from English herbalists. We collected the herb from her garden and we converted it into an ointment that became so famous that we drew the attention to the Emerging Therapeutic Goods Administration who quickly informed us that we could not make chickweed ointment because we weren't licensed to do so. So <laughs> we, we had to stop making it, but the good part about it was we sold the ointment and the formulation to a good Australian company. At that stage, it was called Greenridge Botanicals, and they took it over and took it to where it rightly belongs, chickweed ointment. So chickweed ointment was okay as long as you were licensed, but they long were licensed and, to do it. And let me just point out, in, individuals can manufacture any of these things for themselves, but you just can't, and rightly so, Jane, you just can't go and make a therapeutic product, start flogging it, so to speak. You never know what you're likely to do. But one of the best ways of harnessing chickweed is to convert it into what's called an infused oil. 
very easily done. Fresh uh, washed chickweed from the garden. Make sure it's reasonably clean and flush it with water. Put it in a wide mouth jar. Pour on olive oil. Let it stand in the warmth for, say, a week or so. Strain off the green-tinged liquid that you will have, and that's what's called the infused oil of chickweed. And it's a remarkable preparation for soothing the skin and even helping some of the itchy conditions that plague us now and then. So if skin is sore, um, it'll help that as well? Look, if, if it's muscular, unlikely. If it's muscular, it's unlikely. If it is irritable, um, it's, it's very good. And one of my best uses of chickweed oil occurred in my rooms in Church Street many years ago where a young lad who had 50-cent pieces of psoriasis all over his body, his father used the infused oil of chickweed on him and remarkably saw the thing take up so quickly that even I was surprised. Ah, so chickweed <laughs> does have uses yes, for good, people as well. it's good for canaries, good for gurlians. Good for finches, <laughs> good for canaries. And that more or less brings us to the end of Health Naturally today. We do have our Stiff, Sore and Sorry packed giveaway, and today it's going to Debbie from East Maitland that uh, will be a stiff sore and sorry pack for you Debbie you can pick that up from Dennis Stewart's rooms in New Lambton and uh, thank you Dennis Stewart you won't be here next week you'll now I'll be in the tropics be in the tropics and you'll bring us back stories a little later on of that but we'll see you the week after that thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle topics range from gardening to health well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.